is episode 323 of the Anarchist News Podcast, a digest and or conversations on anarchist activity, ideas, and comments from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. This is for the week of 7.15 through 7.21.23. What's new this week? Controversy over event organized by CNT Barcelona from Anon by Sonia Munez-Lort. A Facebook post that could be entirely accurate or not on how the CNT is transphobic and hosting a talk with someone who informed on strikers who are now facing prison time. Sounds terrible, but there's not enough background information to know what is really going on. Of course, plenty of us don't support the CNT for various reasons, and also, of course, our lack of support doesn't mean much from the U.S. anyway. Oh, we're useless. Don't talk to the police. A is for anarchy from unoffensiveanimal.is. An entirely non-controversial post that somehow got people's panties in a twist because reasons. Quote, on arrest, the cop's task is to gather information to build a case against you or your comrades. The police station and the setting are all built in order to push you towards talking to them. They might say things like, this is your time to tell me what really happened. Or now you can tell me your side. Or, we know you are innocent, you need to help us prove it. Your innocence, in most countries, is presumed until proven otherwise. Ha ha. You do not need to prove your innocence, and you do not need to give them a single word. Don't make their job easier. If you feel you need to represent yourself or your actions, it is not at the cop shop, but on trial, where you might have time to say what you need to say. The cops don't care, they just want to charge you. Unquote. There are some people who are capable of interacting with cops without giving anything meaningful away. But especially in a cop shop with cops who are practiced at getting people to incriminate themselves, our chances are very slim. Better to err on the side of laconic. Again, not controversial. That was don't talk. Crash Goes the Alphabet from Fifth Estate by Ian Bloomberg Enge. This is a reflection on the relatively new book by Sasha Engel called Smashing the Alphabet. Quote, Despite the comprehensive and voluminous critiques of written language, practical applications are relatively rare. There are two practical approaches worth mentioning. The first is David Borland's E-prime, which is English without the verb to be. The second is anarchist Stephen Pearl Andrews's idea to use the phonetic Pittman shorthand used in office dictation as a universal writing system. Both of these ideas have some merit, but neither prove sufficiently radical or comprehensive to replace the alienation inherent in writing as a representation." Unquote. Bloomberg Anger apparently likes the book quite a bit, which is nice. Quote, This is a beautifully written but dense book with all the precision and specificity of a technical manual and the flow and emotional weight of exquisitely crafted poetry. In the post-fact era of virtue signaling, disingenuous language police, and doublespeak political rhetoric, a radical critique of language is an important focus of the Anarchist Project, and Sasha Engel's contribution is a doozy, unquote. That was Crash Goes the Alphabet. Update from Anarchists in Iran, from Federation of Anarchism Era. Mostly a tally of which Iranian anarchists have gotten how much money from fundraising through this group. The morality police have just been officially reinstituted, so things are going to get worse even than they have been. Quote, the regime seems to be forming assassination groups targeting revolutionaries as they did in the 80s. The Kanat group was one such notorious group, torturing, torturing and killing sex workers. <laughs> the Kanat group was one such notorious group, torturing and killing sex workers, Baha'is, communists, and regime opponents, and throwing their bodies in water canals. Unquote. That was update from Anarchist in Iran. People are gonna think you're mocking it, which sucks. You're gonna, you're gonna get, you, yeah, okay. Ooh, ooh. Slovenia, police attacked by anarchists after book fair. This, on the other hand, is funny. From mainstream media channel Nova24TV.eu, quote, as I got close enough to where I could grab her with my arm, a stranger tripped me up. So I fell to my knees while running and then caught myself on my hands. In the process, the second unknown perpetrator kicked me two or three times in the back, which hurt me a lot. <laughs> the police officer described the incident in his verbal criminal complaint. Although he got up as quickly as he could, he could not see or identify his attacker because of the large crowd. Win. 
unquote. Good job, folks. Quote, the Balkan Anarchist Book Fair is anything but a cultural event. It is more like an organized horde of anarchists, vandals, and thugs who gather in different places every year. Like all radical leftists, they share the same ideas. They blame everything in the world on nationalism, racism, sexism, homophobia, or any other form of violence, and then they come to Ljubljana and attack the police! Sounds like a party. <laughs> Unquote. Oh, mainstream news. Greece. Anarchists take responsibility for attack on a French consulate from Act for Freedom Now. An action in response to two murders by cops in France and in solidarity with the current French uprising. Quote, On the evening of Thursday the 6th of July, we attacked the French consulate in Patras while it was being guarded by police forces. A group of comrades moved under the nose of the police guard, which was on the spot with a cage set up to prevent an attack on the consulate, and threw bottles of red paint at it. The police forces were right in front of the building, and when we appeared, we pushed them away. As a result, they ran and calmly hid behind the cage in the words of their president. Unquote. <laughs> This communique is signed by anarchist cell Vasilis Magos. Identity of anarchist Madonna revealed 87 years later from ElPais.com by Mark Bassett. There is an iconic poster of a young woman in front of a CNTFAI flag during the Spanish Civil War. That woman has now been identified as Ana Garbina Alonso, who fled to France in 1939. This is a story about how this affiliation came to be discovered, how the picture was taken, where Alonso's family is now, and how they remember her. Sweet. We will just bypass that whole Madonna thing, I think. Anarchism and its misunderstanderers. <laughs> Anarchism and its misunderstanders. Okay, I... I didn't I didn't make the misunderstanderers as a joke. That's what I thought I said. <laughs> That's even funnier. It's always the it's always the inadvertent jokes that are the best. Anarchism and its misunderstanderers from Margaret Killjoy's blog on Substack.com. Killjoy is a fine writer, and this is a warm piece on the many faces of anarchisms or anarchists or both at least through the lens of one person who's been around for, what, 20 years now? Killjoy will always be less philosophical and more social and practically minded than some of us. Quote, When workers control a factory, for example, rather than the stockholders, efficiency is increased, pay is increased, working conditions improve, and hours are shorter. In an anarchist society, the people who know how to make and distribute medicine will be able to meet and discuss how to produce better medicine more efficiently, and there would not be the monetary barrier between a patient and her meds, nor the national barrier between a researcher and her peers, unquote. So no reflections on the relationship of money or work or goodness factories on this future anarchist society, which leaves plenty of room for anarchists who disagree with her, and so is far preferable to many other social and antisocial peers. This piece seems to be written for non-anarchists who might be friendly to anarchists' ideas. Final statement on the Balkan Anarchist Book Fair 2023 from bab2023.esbivblogs.net. This is the official report on the BAB, which happened for three days in July, and included a reportedly spontaneously organized protest of reportedly 1,000 people. Most of this report is uninspiring boilerplate, perfectly wholesome laundry listing of the things that anarchists or here anarchist organizations are against, though obviously and inevitably only a partial list. The one possible conflict was handled gingerly. Quote, we understand war as an integral part of the existing system and destruction. It is its tool and natural expression. It manifests itself in different forms, but its results are always the same. Subordination, oppression, death, and genocide. We see that everywhere, from Ukraine to Sudan, from Kosovo to Chiapas, from France to the Mediterranean, from Kurdistan to Palestine, forces of power and capital, be it through the national armies, militarized police, imperialist alliances, private and proxy elements, or through other forms of violence and attacks, are waging war against people and society. For us, the enemy is war itself. For us, the states, which need the war in order to impose their rule over the population, are the enemy. For us, the enemy is capitalism that needs states and wars to perpetuate its grip on the world. To oppose war means to attack the system that needs it and enables it." Unquote. So that sounds like a kind of a take on the Ukrainians in the military situation. Moving on. I think I had problems pronouncing this before. I think I made too much fun of it. I was doing like a that sort of thing. Well, don't do that again. That would be terrible. 
Is it Saint Amir? It's Saint. Bleh. There's no N in it. <laughs> but there's an R. How do I pronounce the R? Bleh. It's French. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> as long as I end with my mouth open on a word. Bleh. There you go. And nasal. More nasal. Like, like I'm yeah. answering the operator. There you go. Willie 150 Jones. years on, St. Amir is thriving. From Freedom News UK. This is a brief announcement and one that emphasizes the historical founding of this event with no note about any possible current controversy. But then this is Freedom UK who wanted us to read this from the organizers. Quote, Anarchy is by no means synonymous with chaos and lack of order, but quite the opposite. It advocates an anti-authoritarian, self-managed personal and social organization whose goal is the emancipation of all human beings. Unquote. <sighs> Sorry. Poster for Francisco and Monica from the Greek site Anarchist Hangout Nadir. A poster announcing the upcoming, now past, trial date on July 18th for Francisco and Monica, arrested and imprisoned for sending explosives and attacking buildings. We got this version of the announcement in English from the Greek site, but Dark Knights has versions in other languages as well. There's no obvious place to download a good image in case someone actually wanted to print some out. So I'm a little confused, but supporting anarchist prisoners and posters. Cool. Oh. Ha ha. <laughs> Obituary. <laughs> Obituaries. We bid farewell to Compañero Julio Mencibo from Federación Anarquista Uruguaya. Julio Mencibo was an artiste and helped found a group in Uruguay. Oh, I, I don't know what I have to say. Episode 29, interview with John Zerzan from Uncivilized Podcast, still on the Force for Evil YouTube. Artemis et al. are very appreciative about Jay-Z, which of course he enjoys. Say more. Say more. Uh, yeah. Jay-Z continues to talk about domestication and civilization as boogeymen that can take on any and every shape, easily plugged into any criticism of society or the status quo. He shares his insight with statements like, Communist? Are you fucking joking? Or, it just takes a few seconds to demolish that. Which are so informative and useful. When a rich question is presented, Jay-Z says yeah about a dozen times and then changes the subject. When questioned about the feeling of overwhelm and angst regarding the changes in the natural world, his only response is that understanding where the problems are coming from combats bewilderment. Jay-Z has developed a politician's capacity for bringing everything back to his comfortable sound bites. And these podcast hosts, while asking good faith and personal questions, do little to push him to more depth. Okay, it is pretty funny to listen to Jay-Z respond to a question about how to have hope for the future. His response is mostly to talk even more about how fucked up things are. But oh, student groups against social media. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like uh, Jay-Z bingo would be very easy to play. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Conviviality featuring Andrew, parts one and two, from It Could Happen Here podcast. 46 and 40 minutes, respectively. These two podcasts on conviviality involve Andrew attempting to do the thing that leftists always do, one of the reasons that politics gets a bad name, which is to combine actual human interactions with political organizing and goals. Whatever perspective is here is super basic Marxist. Andrew is very enthusiastic about Ivan Illich, which is endearing. Illich's thinking is in sync with a lot of current issues, including criticism of education systems and environmental degraders like cars, and also the need for conviviality. Illich was impressive, but his relation to anarchist thought deserves deeper analysis than he's given here. I guess as a 101 podcast, this is okay. But not recommended for beginners because of the strong organizing assumptions here. Episode 2 is about various proposed social contracts put forward by the Center for Global Cooperation Research. That sounds boring. Oh, yeah. Didn't get too far in that one. Is the point to say that non-anarchists can create institutions that under certain specific circumstances could be considered anarchist-friendly? Very confusing.
welcome to another reading from the Anarchist Library, where we bring you something relevant, topical, or at least interesting, written by and or about anarchists. This week, I'll be reading an excerpt from Deschooling Society by Ivan Illich. You can find this and other fine works on theanarchistlibrary.org and join in the conversation at shh, this is a library, at shh.anarchyplanet.org. Skill Exchanges A guitar teacher, unlike a guitar, can be neither classified in a museum, nor owned by the public, nor rented from an educational warehouse. Teachers of skills belong to a different class of resources from objects needed to learn a skill. This is not to say that they are indispensable in every case. I can rent not only a guitar, but also taped guitar lessons and illustrated chord charts, and with these things I can teach myself to play the guitar. Indeed, this arrangement may have its advantages. If the available tapes are better than any of the available teachers, or if the only time I have for learning the guitar is late at night, or if the tunes I wish to play are unknown in my country, or if I am shy and prefer to fumble along in privacy. Skill teachers must be listed and contacted through a different kind of channel from that of things. A thing is available at the bidding of the user, or could be, whereas a person formally becomes a skill resource only when he consents to do so, and he can also restrict time, place, and method as he chooses. Skill teachers must also be distinguished from peers from whom one would learn. Peers who wish to pursue a common inquiry must start from common interests and abilities. They get together to exercise or improve a skill they share. Basketball, dancing, constructing a campsite, or discussing the next election. The first transmission of a skill, on the other hand, involves bringing together someone who has the skill and someone who does not have it and wants to acquire it. A skill model is a person who possesses a skill and is willing to demonstrate its practice. A demonstration of this kind is frequently a necessary resource for a potential learner. Modern inventions permit us to incorporate demonstration into tape, film, or chart. Yet one would hope personal demonstration will remain in wide demand, especially in communication skills. Some 10,000 adults have learned Spanish at our center at Cuernavaca, mostly highly motivated persons who wanted to acquire near-native fluency in a second language. When they are faced with a choice between carefully programmed instruction in a lab or drill sessions with two other students and a native speaker following a rigid routine, most choose the second. For most widely shared skills, a person who demonstrates the skill is the only human resource we ever need or get, whether in speaking or driving, in cooking or in the use of communication equipment. We are often barely conscious of formal instruction and learning, especially after our first experience of the materials in question. I see no reason why other complex skills, such as the mechanical aspects of surgery and playing the fiddle, of the reading or the use of directories and catalogs, could not be learned the same way. A well-motivated student who does not labor under a specific handicap often needs no further human assistance than can be provided by someone who can demonstrate on demand how to do what the learner wants to learn to do. The demand made of skilled people that before demonstrating their skill they be certified as pedagogues is the result of the insistence either that people learn what they do not want to know or that all people, even those with a special handicap, learn certain things at a given moment in their lives, and preferably under specified circumstances. What makes skills scarce on the present educational market is the institutional requirement that those who can demonstrate them may not do so unless they are given public trust through a certificate. We insist that those who help others acquire a skill should also know how to diagnose learning difficulties and be able to motivate people to aspire to learn skills. In short, we demand that they be pedagogues. People who can demonstrate skills will be plentiful as soon as we learn to recognize them outside the teaching profession. Where princelings are being taught, the parents' insistence that the teacher and the person with skills be combined in one person is understandable, if no longer defensible. But for all parents to aspire to have Aristotle for their Alexander is obviously self-defeating. 
The person who can both inspire students and demonstrate a technique is so rare and so hard to recognize that even princelings more often get a sophist than a true philosopher. A demand for scarce skills can be quickly filled, even if there are only small numbers of people to demonstrate them, but such people must be easily available. During the 40s, radio repairmen, most of them with no schooling in their work, were no more than two years behind radios in penetrating the interior of Latin America. There they stayed until transistor radios, which are cheap to purchase and impossible to repair, put them out of business. Technical schools now fail to accomplish what repairmen of equally useful, more durable radios could do as a matter of course. Converging self-interests now conspire to stop a man from sharing his skill. The man who has the skill profits from its scarcity and not from its reproduction. The teacher who specializes in transmitting the skill profits from the artisan's unwillingness to launch his own apprentice into the field. The public is indoctrinated to believe that skills are valuable and reliable only if they are the result of formal schooling. The job market depends on making skills scarce and keeping them scarce, either by prescribing their unauthorized use and transmission, or by making things which can be operated and repaired only by those who have access to tools or information which are kept scarce. Hello, this is Chichi and Donnie Don't, and this is the topic of the week anarchist mentors. The word mentor is defined as a trusted counselor or guide who is often someone who teaches or gives help and advice to a less experienced and normally younger person. Mentoring is often associated with the business world of professional development for onboarding new workers into a new job, with the process sometimes lasting multiple years. This week, we're taking some time and space to dig into the world of anarchist mentors. Did you have someone who you might consider an anarchist mentor when you started exploring anarchist ideas? If so, can you talk about the overall experience? The pains and the joys? Are there historical examples of how anarchist mentors and mentees were doing this well or poorly? What bothers you the most about this topic? Huh, so 
I will start maybe, I mean, I will go back to it, but maybe what bothers me about this topic, and I would say some of the comments bothers me, uh, because here's the thing. That's a fact that no one's do anything by themselves. No one's discover anything by themselves. Like, you're not fucking alone in this world. So every fucking single thing you do now, you didn't find it by yourself. Like, there was other people thinking that. There was, you read something, you put... Of course, there is, like, your pride in, in putting these things together and dealing with new situations and using what you learned before and even like what you read even when you're writing if you're writing something you read other people like and sometimes you don't even remember but it's stuck in your mind sometimes some at some point so i think that like refusing absolutely that you had some kind of mentorship even if it was an author or if it was an actual person i think it's kind of a Brett feeling like I do everything by myself. You don't. It doesn't exist. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say that with this topic, this would be what bothers me the most. Just like why people have so much problem in admitting that they do learn from other people and it doesn't mean that they cannot change their mind or try to create something with that as a base, like you're not creating something from absolutely nothing. So yeah, I want to start with that, what bothers me, but also would like to hear your experience and would like to share mine too. So go wherever you want. Yeah, I would say what bothers me the most is, is probably, I mean, A, the idea that it's even problematic to begin with. And then, yeah, the nature of the comments that are just like, all like a lot of these weird like like uh predation paranoia um which i feel like is like a a big anarchist hang up all the time where it's just like uh yeah it, like like everyone has mentors yeah i think even if you're just reading a lot of a particular author yeah like you said like that person is mentoring you and the question is is like do you want a human mentor or like some like dead mentor through the pages or whatever or maybe you're watching a bunch of like YouTube videos and and you've got some bread tube mentor but like do you want that or like an actual human being um that you can discuss actually and disagree with <laughs> right yeah yeah so i mean i think mentorship's great i i wish i had taken some time before this to ask and find out whether like other political tendencies have like such a knee jerk problem with like admitting that like like relationships are good basically you know and like I, th I feel like not always like anarchist this and anarchist that but like like it's the same thing where like anarchists don't want to admit that there are like structures within their groups a lot of the time and by not admitting that there are structures they like can't address those structures i'm not trying to like go like full like tyranny of structuralistness but also like every anarchist group i've ever been in had like a fucking obvious hierarchy and the question was just like whether or not you could you were allowed to point to it you know uh but yeah no i i had several mentors uh really fantastic ones you know some that i guess i sort of chose and some that like i don't know like uh growing up definitely like my best friend was the one that introduced me to a lot of anarchist materials you know we were like dumb kids out in the suburbs Uh, but his dad lived in New York and he would go into New York all the time and would, you know, bring back like the, like the early, like crime think harbinger newspapers and like anarchist punk and hardcore and like newspapers from like Mayday books, like old, like Seth to Bachman comics and stuff like that. And yeah, and then we would go into the city together and he'd show me like blue stocking and stuff. And, you know, I mean, that's like, like we were peers, but also in in terms of anarchism you know he would have been a mentor and then you know years later uh i moved to a to a town intentionally you know pick picked where i wanted to live and yeah had i would say three people who were all anywhere from five to ten years older than me which like in your early 20s is a lot 
uh, especially in anarchist years. And they'd all been anarchists since their, you know, mid to late teens. And I don't mean like theory anarchists. I mean, you know, like hitchhiking, freight hopping, rioting anarchists, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I, I got a lot from all of them. I mean, I can get into details on that, but maybe I'll pass that back to you for a moment. Yeah, I think the 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 thing with the mentorship, I I understand why some anarchists are afraid of that and from the comments we could kind of sense this like it felt some that people understood like mentorship as something that somebody's just going to put into your mind and now you're going to follow this. And I don't think that this is how mentorship uh, actually happens. Of course, like in other groups I can like if you get like a lefty group, Marxist, communist, wherever, they have a very clear hierarchical structure and you have to follow this because you want to get to that point where that person is. And even there, like you have uh, people going in different directions at some point, like they don't necessarily follow their leader, but it's in the structure. To follow the leader is in the structure. It's not in anarchism. It is like people have different experience and you want to hear what they have to say and they know other things you never heard about. And I'm so glad they can share that. And if you are like, and you choose your mentors, like it's not somebody imposed to you. So if you realize this person that you kind of consider your mentor is just trying to brainwash you, you just say goodbye to them. But usually a good mentor that you choose, it's somebody that who will actually talk to you and even try to understand what your questions are and trying to point you. Not They don't need to agree with you, but they are open to show you things that are also related to your interest. And I also had a lot of mentors in my life in different moments with different things. I, I don't know how it started, but I can point a few like in terms of books like I remember being a teenager in high school and I don't remember how I find out about anarchism maybe through punk songs but I went to the library and look anarchism in the library catalog and there was a George Woodcock book the great anarchist writing something like this I don't know the name how it's named in English or even if anyway particularly I don't like with the George Woodcock's writings, but I will say that the selection of texts that he got, like, I thought they were amazing. Like, I was, I would read, like, I was not like a person who would read all, all the texts in the school, you know, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I l always loved literature, but like historical texts, political texts, I wouldn't necessarily read them all, but I devoured this book like I read everything and I loved it and I was very excited and I was through that through some of those texts like I even made friends with other people because we were discussing some topic and I would mention some texts and they said I read that too so yeah it was kind of one kind of mentorship maybe like directing you to some of the classics anarchists in the sense another uh, two ones that I want to mention too, they happen inside a university. And I know anarchists love to poop on university, but I was very lucky to have a great uh, experience. First one was I entered the university and I had this professor that was not an anarchist, but I was already this punk anarchist girl, like talking very opinionated and and all, and he uh, called me in the end of the class and he said, do you know there's an anarchist group here in this university and they publish this magazine and such? And I didn't know. And I went to, I want to learn more about these people. And I end up entering this group and the, the older people in this group, they were like, they were very valuable a lot. I don't need that's the thing i don't need to agree with everything as and as i grew older uh, i maybe disagree with some of uh, some more things but i learned so much like and and i think it was always like i it never felt like indoctrination it always felt like i was presented with things that i had never heard before and it made me think and or i would 
make a statement about something and they would make a question that I, I said, oh, okay, I had never thought about this. This is something that it, it's good for me to think about it. Yeah, I think this too. And, and my official supervisor, like I had a few supervisors in the university and I was also very lucky in the sense I never felt like they said, you have to do this, this. No, they were always kind of interested in what I was interested in and trying to point me like, oh, I, I know this about what you like and you you can search here and see. So it never felt like I was being imposed anything. It just, I always felt very lucky that I could go to these people and talk to them what were my concerns, what I was thinking about, uh, also learn their stories and yeah, and other outside the university, like other older anarchists that would present me also with things that I had never heard about. So I'm just so glad that these people exist and they. I just consider all these mentors like just very generous people that were willing to share all this experience and all this knowledge that they have and let me try to find my own path, not. So I'm just, I think they're awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I um, yeah, I, I had initially two mentors, and then a, a a third moved to the town. One of the things that had drawn me to the town was a scene, and there was uh, an author who, you know, I mean, also like did stuff and went to things, and you know, had had traveled extensively, uh, and I, I liked that author's work, and we became friends once I lived in the town, and I got to, you know, hash out a lot of my you know ideas and questions, and this person, you know, is a very uh, idealistic person still, you know, uh, to this day, I would say. Uh, and that's one thing that I, I really like about them, you know, is like, they are, uh, what I would describe as like a true believer, you know? And, and I think part of, part of what I like about all the people I chose as mentors, and, and one of the reasons why I think that like, choose might be a strong word, but you know what I mean, tended towards or whatever, is, I mean, they were all living the things that they would talk about, you know? So I, I never, I never, yeah, I never felt like it was like an indoctrination process, you know? My other person I would describe as like a mentor character after moving there uh, was a farmer who had been like a very militant anarchist. And uh, after the 2000 uh, Republican National Convention in Philadelphia, where several of their friends had caught like extremely serious felony charges, um, many of whom like did not have the resources, you know, came from families that did not have resources and were not able to muster resources from the larger community and seemed to get like proper representation in court uh, and stuff, you know, had had some, some real misgivings about uh, that model, you know, and had settled into running like what is a really fantastic organic farm, you know, that provide like while I was living down there, just provided like tons of food to like earth first gatherings and any kind of like an activist or anarchist uh, event, you know, really, really free markets and action camps and all kinds of stuff, you know, and, and gave work like seasonal work to anarchists, you know, who, who needed a little money and stuff on the side, but, you know, didn't, didn't want to get a formal job or had, you know, criminal records or cases pending or whatever. So, I mean, I feel like that person really stayed, you know, consistent with, with what they had, had always thought, but also like were deeply, deeply critical of this, like throwing your body on the gears of history kind of, kind of mentality and really had like a longer, uh, a more infrastructural maybe view. Not that they're like dichotomous, but those two people oftentimes had like pretty opposing views of like what the next move was in relation to whatever was going on in the world. And yeah, I was able to pull pull from both those people and spend hours and hours just like picking their brains. And yeah, and then the third person moved there. And I think me and that person wound up working on a lot of projects together. They were maybe about five years older than me. And they were more of a person that I could really collaborate on. And they in particular, like, without getting too into details on like the projects that we worked on, I mean, really drew my best work out of me. Uh, over the course of, of several years. Like they were very good at putting me in places and contexts where my creative skills were able to flourish and they were good at getting me to focus. And yeah, really, uh, you know, I, I built and accomplished things 
in that time that I don't think I would have without that person. So, yeah, I mean, I think just finding people, yeah, that can really, like, answer your questions and scratch your itches and even maybe, like, see in you, like, things that you don't necessarily see in yourself, you know, and yeah. help you help you get to those places. I think mentorship's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, like, you can choose your mentors. You don't, Nobody is forcing you to anything. I'm trying to, to remember here some some examples in anarchist history and i remember uh, because the other day we were discussing the the topic on war and there was the disagreement between emma goldman's group let's call it this way and kropotkin's group and the thing is that they emma goldman she considered kropotkin to be one of her mentors like he was an older anarchist much more experienced and he was Russian too, so I don't know, probably it had something like that drew her to him. And anyway, he, he was, and he, anyway, he was a very respected person in between anarchists. And at some point, and, and she made it clear to, like, they got into disagreement about the war, the first uh, world war. Yeah, and she still said, like, about her respect but yeah but she disagreed in that point so it, it it doesn't mean that you have to follow that i think maybe this this fear of mentorship it does come from a place like if you look and there are some jokes from where i'm from and probably these jokes are not exclusively there like if you have four communists you have five dissidents <laughs> and and the reason for this is because, again, that hierarchical structure and that you have one leadership and at some point people are just competing, like who is the, going to be the leader, you know, because that's the point where you want to, when you have a hierarchical structure, you're laughing, I don't know, it <laughs> you will have to explain it. So you have this hierarchical structure and you have like the vanguard and so you have this kind of leadership that it's kind of uh, supposedly a solid thing and it's yeah from top to bottom whatever and you have people that want to get there but not everyone can be there so you're kind of fighting each other so you don't really and I don't think that's the point with anarchists like it's with anarchists you can disagree and you both supposedly can coexist unless you're fighting for a certain power which would be really weird in an anarchist perspective but i don't know but yeah so maybe people has this model of of mentorship in their minds when they are afraid of mentors and and i don't think and another uh i could bring another classic anarchist here like and everybody heard about it before and i probably mentioned that thousand times already i don't know because i really like it that is the bakunin's thing with the shoemaker that he is talking about authority in this case and he's saying like a shoemaker has an authority in making shoes so i don't know how to make a shoe if i need i'm going to look for a shoemaker and of course i can ask what he has to say, I can check with other shoemakers, like I can build my own opinion, but I'm not going to tell him what to do. And I'm for certain going to listen what he has to say because he's there, he's working with it. He has the experience that I don't. So sure, I can learn, but I need to listen to. And yeah, and Bakunin used the words authority in this sense, but I think it could be a little bit like this. If you want to learn about you look for the people who has some experience on it and sure you can bring new things and yeah it's just it's more how you deal with it with deal with this how you build this kind of relationship than the mentorship itself yeah i i guess i it's interesting because like despite you articulating like anarchists as being like very like and this is the part i wondered I, that i was wondering is like if other political tendencies have this like fear of like mentorship that like that the comment section like reflects and that like I feel like is also in real life like I don't think that 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 knee-jerk reaction to things like mentorship or like other teachers or 
whatever is like is a, an internet phenomenon in anarchist circles. I feel like any like fixed role of that nature in anarchist circles tends to get like a weird knee jerk reaction. And I just wonder if like other political tendencies that aren't so like just like compulsively tearing themselves down constantly, like also suffer from that. Despite the fact that like a mentorship might even be more formal in in those those tendencies, you know, like, yeah, maybe a socialist group actually has mentorships where like where you're assigned somebody or something, you know, and I just I I, I don't know. I, I don't I'm not in any groups like that, but I do oftentimes wonder uh, when I see like, yeah, weird, like childish knee jerk stuff like that, whether or not that's like inherent to the tendency or whether that's just like inherent to people. Which I think is 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 why I, I thought the the five dissidents thing was funny, but it's um, where I'm like, oh, if you have five anarchists, you have five dissidents. They're just the joke is if you have four communists, you have five dissidents. That's the joke. And anarchists, well, supposedly they were not like this, but they can be. But that's the thing. Only when they are fighting for power, otherwise, like you can just coexist and exchange ideas and disagree and that should be fine you don't need to yeah but build like, a new tendency like you know you don't need to build okay so i don't talk to you anymore so now it does i agree with you it does exist with anarchists i've seen that too like some anarchists like just fighting with each other and suddenly like let's say oh so i'm i'm inventing this this i it's it doesn't actually exist but like okay so i'm green anarchist and there is uh, like a fight in this green anarchist group so these are the green anarchists and these are the um echo anarchists you know so because it can happen but it's just well you don't need a new tendency but it's just like yeah if you have this was the thing where you're not allowed to point at structure or whatever but yeah we're like I was in like a books to prisoners group and I was in part of like a bookstore and stuff like that where like if we could have actually acknowledged that like certain people were basically in charge or that certain people weren't holding up their end of stuff, you know, but that those people were exercising power, it would have actually been really helpful. Uh, And what you had was just like power struggles, except that like we're all anarchists. So like no one's acknowledging that there's power to struggle over. You know what I mean? So I, I, I guess that's my thing is I, 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 I think the, 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 the not working for power thing is like a fantasy that like most anarchists have, but it's not real. I don't think so. I think you can, sure, that can be, I think the hierarchical structures, they can exist in an anarchist group, but the difference would be like, they are not fixed. They can, and at the moment, like the group involved, the people involved disagree, it changes. And also like, there are some, I would have to go back to like some history of anarchism and assemblies and but like in some experience I I do believe like reading about things like the structure like okay so this person is the the delegate today but like it will last a month or I don't know two months and then we change so you have this rotation or or any way people wants to 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 organize their ways like and of course like you need i was talking the other day and it's been a while but with people about like publishing and when you're publishing things it's kind of helpful if you have an editor or even if it's like a couple of people but you have an editorial group that will have the last word because of course we always have like i prefer this i prefer that i and you have this group or this person that they don't need to be there forever. They can like they can change, they can rotate. But at that moment, otherwise you won't even have like a work done. Yeah. You won't have and and if the rest of the group disagree with what the editorial group like you just end it. And it also doesn't mean that people can give their opinion, but it's just like okay, but we decided we're going to uh and here and this is going to be this and if there's nothing too serious this is just how we're going to do it and yeah it's fine it's not uh yeah i guess i'm talking more about like like i feel like not every but like most like long-running anarchist projects have like a person where if you can't figure out how to get along with that person and i don't mean get along with like be cordial i mean like uh 
If you don't share their vision for the project, you're not going to last that long there. You and and not and right and it's not a rotating position because it's not an actual position. Okay. But and 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 you can't point to it because it's not an official position. And then so right so and because you can't point to it, let's say that person is also like after years or whatever, not actually contributing that much, right? But again, it's like, well, we're not we're not doing a formal structure or maybe that person facilitates semi-regularly or whatever, but like they're not the workhorse anymore. You know what I mean? And making sure and, and so I guess like that's that's my push towards structure is that like actually I think that like like the idea that like the workhorse in a relate like in a in a in a a, a a project like should also be like the people that like if you can't figure out how to get along with them and share their vision, like you're the one on the way out. Whereas you get these these fixed these personality fixtures, and they're not even necessarily the workhorse, but they are the people, right? And and that's the thing is that that's what I'm saying about hierarchies. Like that person, you're not allowed to say it, but that person is at the top of the hierarchy because that's the person where if if you don't share their vision, you're leaving, even if you're the one doing. Okay, but here's the thing, the point... And this isn't like I, one time I've seen this. I just You see it over and okay. over, like over it, again. I think it doesn't necessarily need to be this way. I also can see that... To. Okay, but I can also see... It. We are going in a parallel to the discussion, but that's fine. I mean, well, it, it has to okay. do with anarchists' like discomfort yeah. okay. with naming positions and being like, that person's a mentor. Whereas like half the people in, in, in the comments section would have been... If you just been like... A friend who knows about anarchism, they'd have been like, oh, that's fine. But it's usually like a mentor. They're like, ew, that person's going to molest me or whatever, you know? Okay. Uh, but my point is, like, with this example you were giving, like, this person, here's the thing. I also think that, like, did that person you're saying kind of created the group? Was it their project and you went there afterwards? I feel, I feel like it, one of the things I... I personally consider it's important from an anarchist perspective is you're free to like you're free to leave a situation and and honestly like if you're in this group that that person created like and let's say that person is there for a long time and they they build like all the things and of course it can change and this person might be open to listen to changes and and such but that person I don't expect that person to leave the group. And if there is a point like that it's not working, like it's more like a common sense. Of course, I could just like stay there and say, oh no, I'm going to fight this person till the end. I could do that. But for me, it's, it's more like, oh, this person created this group. You know, I'm not going, like I'm very capable of going and starting a different project if I don't agree with this that that's that's basically that for me and so if it's not working here it's fine I, i really don't need to take over a project that somebody else started that's for me that's it. yeah i mean start it i mean like a lot of the good projects that run a long time oftentimes like like a bookstore or a books to prisoners or something may or a food not bombs chapter or whatever oftentimes like outlive their like founders participation by like a lot of years you know so you might be talking about someone who's been there for a long time but you're not necessarily talking about like a founder you know just like a weird glomeron who like put in a bunch of work early on you know i mean you like even e even in your group that you're taught that, that that you were in like like a non-founder right uh but like people had been there for maybe a long time and were maybe like prickly in ways that i don't know i i again i, I don't know that much about the group that you were in but you understand what i'm saying we're like and 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 the the like the leaving to like do like like in a big city that works but like like in these like actual anarchist communities that we produce in like smaller areas like you're not going to start a second bookstore in a town of under That's, you know, half a million people or whatever. That's true. But here's the thing, what I notice about like info shops and bookstores. I, of course, have not been to all of the ones that exist in the US, but the ones I saw, they are very open to very different people. And there are people who disagree, who frequent the same space. And I think that's awesome, to be honest, like having these places that are info shops or bookstores, it's good to have these places that they are not 
one tendency or other. I'm not talking about tendencies. I'm talking about personalities. Yeah, then it's... it's, I'm uh, talking about hierarchies. Hierarchies is the thing that I'm talking about. Power is the thing I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the syndicalists took over ye local bookstore. I'm talking about there's like two assholes with borderline who won't fucking leave. You know what I mean? Um... But in a info shop and bookstore situation, you see that? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Am I getting... I, I might be getting really specific here, so we can... We okay, can, uh, yeah, I, we I, can zoom I out, can, I guess. Yeah, because I... Well, we might talk about it later. I can't really see it, because what I've seen so far is, like, different people in that disagree, that are all in the same place, and it's big enough that people can do different things and interact and i don't know it it for me it worked more like having a physical space that different people use than somebody yeah taking over or something it's i don't know but anyway uh yeah yeah but to i don't have other sto- do you know any historical anarchist thing i just anarchist had mentors um yeah yeah, not off the top of my head. I, I we really did not do my homework for for this particular one. No, I don't uh I'm not not so good at that. Like yeah. I, I I I can point to like tendency chains, but I don't really know like who hung out with who, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I just remember Emma Goldman's relationship with Kropotkin and yeah. yeah. I don't know if like Edward Abbey and Dave Foreman had like some like you know advisory <laughs> situation. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I do remember some anarchists from where I'm from that were important figures. But th- what they had in common, and this is what Kropotkin had in common too, like it's the older anarchists from your time, and they have this experience they lived in. They and they share that with you, and they are not telling you what to do or what to think, but they are sharing this. And yeah, I think that's pretty much what I have to say at this moment about this issue. Don't know if you have anything else. No, I think that's about it. (laughs) Okay, so good talking to you. Yeah, as always. We talk later. Bye. Bye. This week's podcast was sound edited. What's new is written by Chisel and read by Chisel. And I still have to take a shit. <laughs> this podcast is useful too and fun for anarchists and the anarcho curious and those who have to take shits. Yes! Representation! Um.